Welcome to the Ed Epley Experience, 20 minutes that simplifies the complex job of managing and leading people and inspires you to take action on what you probably already know to build and sustain a smart and healthy business. Here's your host, Ed Epley, to introduce this week's guest and business leader. Welcome to the Ed Epley Experience, your chance to get at one proven, practical idea for running a more successful and scalable business in less than 30 minutes. And with me today, a couple of guys that I have known now, in fact, I'm going to make them decide how long we've known each other. I think it's five or six years now, and maybe even longer. But uh, uh, this is unusual because normally I have a guest, and today I have guests on the Ed Epley Experience. And so, uh, with me today are Kevin Hickey and Bill Straub. They are the principals behind All Four Engineering in the Philadelphia area. All Four Engineering is an environmental engineering consulting firm. But these guys are really interesting from a business perspective because not only have they successfully started, scaled, and developed a, a wonderful consulting engineering practice, but they've also uh, sold controlling interest to a private equity firm and done that really well. And then the last thing that I find fascinating about these guys is that they have been lifelong friends, literally grew up as next door neighbors. And in most cases, the people that I've known that have been friends going into business don't end being friends. And, and yet I have no doubt these guys will always be uh, best of friends. So welcome, Kevin. Welcome, Bill, to the Ed Epley experience. Thanks, Ed. Thanks, Ed. Great to be here. Yeah. Normally when we speak, it's usually over a round of golf <laughs> and there's less than flattering comments being made about each other and, and some response to how well somebody else played. But we'll probably keep that at a minimum today. Guys, let's start out with uh, just to put things in context. Does your business lead or lag the economy in general? Yeah, this is Bill. I'll, I'll probably take that one. Uh, I would say that typically we lag the economy uh, when it comes to when something happens that's pretty dramatic like we're experiencing today. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see that probably somewhere around four weeks after it really breaks the news is when we start to feel it. Uh, we felt it back in 09. We lagged the economy then, and we certainly have not felt the full effect of it of, of COVID-19 yet this year. When crisis hits, you generally won't feel it immediately. Is that right? Is that what you're saying? Correct. Okay. Yeah. And if, you know, I think if, if we look at it, even just over these last three to four weeks, the first two weeks of this, we've actually had two of the better weeks we've had all quarter. Um, now, as we start to look at what our backlog looks like in April, I think we're going yeah. to start to see the effects of this. And to Bill's point, in 09, I think we saw it lag more like three, four or five months yeah. after. So that's that's kind of what we see in our business. Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering, do you know, can you tell right now that there are any parallels to this crisis versus the financial crisis? It, is, is it too soon to tell? Yeah, I think I would say it's a little too soon to tell. I think one of the things that we're not clear about is this going to be a U-shape event, yeah. right, where there's a long right. bottom or is it going to be more of a V-shape event? And, and I think uh, we saw a little bit more of that U-shape in 09, which I think supports Kevin's concept that we took a while to get there and then we stayed there a little bit longer as far as that lag. 
So 2009 and 10, I'm assuming that your business didn't recover as much or as quickly as it slowed down. Now that's, that may be inaccurate on my part. Cause I, for whatever reason in my head, I'm thinking you guys were just kind of flat. Uh, you weren't, weren't sliding backward during 2009 and 10. Is that it's, right? It's funny you say this, Ed, I'm going to tee this up for Bill, but um, we were kind of going back on this ourselves and Bill went back to his archives, went through all of his emails and kind of recreated it. So I'll turn it over to him, but it was pretty interesting what we found out. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty interesting. I think John Egan, one of our original partners, um, you know, John had one of those uh, innate senses uh, to be able to have conversations with people and then say, this just doesn't feel right. And so he actually yeah. saw that in the summer of 08. And so we started to put some things in play in late 08 just to prep us for 09. So we identified in light of any type of economic uncertainty, what are the things that have to be done? What are the compliance right. driven thing in the environmental space that have to be done? And so we, uh, we had six initiatives as we called them back then. So we, we kind of got our team rallied around those six different things. And so through natural kind of slowdown of some of our industrial sectors that we supported was offset really by those six initiatives. And so what we saw is we were flat across 09, uh, which was, you know, kind of a blessing if you look at it in hindsight. Um, but then we built 19 new relationships. And so 2010, we saw a pretty rapid expansion out of there because our base clients now had been putting projects off and really got right. again. And we had these new clients that we had developed that now needed to get going. So we we went through a pretty rapid expansion in 10 and 11 as a result of that. And um, so do you have aspirations, guys, that, that you're going to be able to do something similar uh, at this point? Yeah, I, I think, you know, there's a lot more uncertainty around this one just because we've never experienced anything like this. Obviously, really yeah. the world has it during our lifetimes. So really curious to see as we start to develop certainty in this, I think there is a couple of things that's happened. One, I think there's a lot of talent that from a consulting world could be available that, that would say, hey, I'm ready for something different. Right. I think there is uh, opportunity from an acquisition perspective where you're going to have people that maybe uh, find themselves in a different financial place or maybe even a different risk tolerance based on where they are. Uh, it might be as much the latter as the former. Yeah. yeah. Just I don't want to have to worry about this kind of stuff, employees and what have you. Yeah. And then I think the final thing really is that I think there is opportunity from a business perspective of just things that our clients are going to need to do that they've been pushing off as a result of this. Kevin, you have anything you want to add? No, I think Bill covered it pretty, pretty well. Um, I think the overall question that you had asked, I think it kind of like, it was more steady going in and steady coming out. And by the end of 09, I think we were, we were kind of back in a decent place. Yeah. And I would guess as much just confidence that what you had chosen as a strategy was the right one, right? Yeah. Yeah. I thought, I mean, we did some things in 09. We, we did salary cuts and things like that. And we were able to kind of get everybody back to to square one at the end of the year. We're really proud of that. I think it, it did set us up to, to really kind of springboard off of that. One of the things since I've had the pleasure to see inside the tent of your business, I've gotten a pretty intimate look at your business over the years. I know it's so important for you guys to have confidence in whatever your strategy is going to be. I know that is just, it's like, once you guys are certain that you've got the right strategy, it's like <laughs> high octane fuel. It's, it's amazing to watch how quickly you guys get into execution and how focused you become and what it does for you. I would like to believe that's true for most businesses, but for some reason, I feel like you guys are even more that way. Yeah. I appreciate your, 
mentioning that, I think it's a strength of ours. We're good, good at once we get locked in. I think we're we're pretty good at executing and and being in action on that strategy. Yeah. Do you think being strategic was always part of your business operation expertise, or is that something you've had to learn to become strategic? I think we've learned to become strategic. I don't think. I mean, we were we were consultants ourselves. We were in the business when we started the business. So while we, you know, we learned some things early on, but, uh, you know, it was credit to Bill actually in year two or three, you know, taking himself on and bringing in some executive coaching, which really helped us to develop the strategic muscles that we started to put in place. I think that's, that's where we learned it. Yeah. I I think where we've started to see, the ability to expand much faster is when we've expanded that circle of folks that are contributing to the strategy. Uh, and, and once again, this feels like we're passing it back and forth, but I, I give the credit to Kevin there because his investment in others and really, you know, pulling them into uh, what we're, what we're thinking and, and getting that fresh perspective and ideas, as you said, you know, we've got a, a 45 year plus relationship that can be amazing, but could also get to some group think I would, I would assume. So when we get other ideas in there, I think that's enabled us to be um, more strategic, different viewpoints, different sets of, of, of thinking, uh, which has led to better results. Actually, I'm smiling because I, I was I was thinking about the history that we have and, and your ages and what you've accomplished. And I'm so thankful that you didn't make reference to and ask me what it was like in 1918 when the Spanish flu was going by. So uh, going through the organizations and, and the and the country. So thank you for not. <laughs> We're going to say that for later. And I was wondering I, I, what, I, what yeah. it was like to be 40 years old <laughs> in the Spanish flu. That's what I was, uh, was going to ask you about. <laughs> uh, you guys. You're listening to the Ed Epley Experience. Email Ed now with your questions for today's guest to podcast at theepleygroup.com. In his book, Let's Be Clear, Six Disciplines of Focused Management Pros, author Ed Epley breaks down key practices of professional management, how to implement them, and why it matters. Purchase your copy on Amazon.com today. Develop your competitive edge for the future while building a sustainable and thriving business. One thing that I think our audience needs to hear about is how you guys as, you know, part of the founders of the business and then you you sold controlling interest, uh, what, a year and a half ago? Two years ago. Two years ago, you sold controlling interest. Um, and you've got a story to tell about that. But before we talk about the private equity uh, component to your business, let's talk about how you decided to share leadership responsibilities. Because that you both are leaders and you both clearly have a role to play in, in influencing the way the culture goes and what it is and, and how people feel about being part of all four. But do you have real clear lines about who says what, when? It's a great question. Um, if you if you were going to ask it, do we have clear lines of where we're responsible? I'd say yes. If you ask me clear lines of who says what when, I'd say no, because we often talk over top of each other. But um, from a practical perspective, I think one of the coolest things is that uh, we we are one hundred percent aligned on values, right? Like yeah. how we make decisions, yeah. what's important to both of us. That's a yeah. really cool thing. 
Um, but then we have very complementary strengths and weaknesses that we both recognize. I think we're very aware of what you know our strengths and weaknesses are, and we rely heavily on the other to you know take advantage of their strengths. So I think you know if I get back to your question, uh, occasionally we kind of look at each other and we know who should be talking. So yes, even probably right here when we started this, we did a quick eye glance into the camera, um, but it's more just from a, a how we complement each other that that is our I would say superpower. Yeah, I think more granularly, Bill is is a more bigger picture thinker than I am. He's more more strategic in looking at the business from a uh, you know ten thousand foot level, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am definitely more slanted towards, and I am our operations guy, so I'm more of a process oriented person with regard to executing on on our business and. From day one, you know, the thing that drove me and even just being part of the, you know, founding of this company was to create a best place to work and the things that come along with that. And so, you know, the culture of our organization is something I work on every minute of every day. Right. So that's now not that Bill isn't, you know, bought in on that, but that's, that's, you know, kind of my side of things. Yeah. I think you guys are about the least engineering oriented engineers I know that are in a consulting engineering practice. And I see you guys as business people who happen to be engineers. Um, And most, most engineering firms are run by engineers who happen to have some business expertise, but they're not predominantly business people. So I, I think that gives you a real advantage. I think that's accurate. Ed. I think we've become business people. I don't think that either one of us were ever like, we were never engineer engineers, even from right. back in college. You know, we, I, did I'll you speak, ever have a pocket protector, Kevin? Did you I, ever have a pocket protector? <laughs> Seriously? I did not. I exactly. That's my point. You <laughs> never had them. <laughs> I even had a crappy calculator. At least Bill had one of those HP calculators that was. Uh, he had an engineer's calculator. I didn't even have that. That's all I had, Epley. I mean, I, my GPA told you I was not an engineer, right? But somehow I got yeah, through. Yeah, that's right. Well, you guys are. My sense is you guys have always been geeks about running a great business. Yeah, you know, Ed, for me, as you made as you asked that question, I started thinking. I'm like, I read a, I read Lee Iacocca's. Yeah, a book back in the eighties, uh, you know, even before I went to to college, and and he was an engineer, and I'm like, okay, get a get a degree like that, and then you can, yeah, you can go run a business or to go do something else. That was my yeah. thinking. Well, it's just been so much fun to be around your business, and uh, I tell you, one of the things I miss most in my business career right now is are, are the board meetings we used to have. I, I, I got so much energy from your board meetings and that's not always the case. And, and um, so I, I just give you guys a lot of credit for what you bring to the table and why you do what you do and what motivates you. Let's talk about the, the journey to private equity, because I don't know how many bourbons and glasses of wine that we consumed in the over different after rounds of golf where we were talking about this. Um, so take the, take the audience on the, on the journey of to, to where, where this came from and where you are today. Yeah, it's a great question. And it's interesting to me that you mentioned the board meetings uh, because they were a pretty important part of our journey to get to where we are. Right. Cause if you think about it, I think so. Yeah. Um, you know, we were founded by four of us four equal shareholders. The cool thing is that two of us, Kevin and myself really were passionate about growing a business. Right. And our other two partners, John and Dan, 
we're really passionate about doing what we do, the environmental consulting side, right? So right. Um, we right. all felt fully supported and protected as we grew the company uh, of to what it could be because we knew we had the technical side covered. And quite frankly, as Kevin already alluded to, we learned how to run the business side really and to do yep. that pretty well. So um, pretty wide age range gap, as, as you well know, right? John uh, is just getting ready in another 14 days to celebrate his 70th birthday, which is pretty cool. Uh, Dan's it, it, is John still involved? Is, is John he's... still works. He works uh, 12 okay. to 14 hours a week. Technical, uh, you know, okay. kind of wets that technical whistle and, and enjoys that. As is Dan. Okay. And Dan's in his okay. 60s, uh, you know, young okay. 60s. So these are young guys. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then Kevin and I in our 50s, <laughs> you know, to a guy that was alive in the Spanish yeah. fluid. So that's very young. Yeah. Yeah. These are young guys. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. But, uh, as you can imagine, with that kind of age range, you know, we, we found ourselves in a position uh, right around 2016 where we said we need to be thinking about what's next, right? We, I think we were running a pretty decent business at that point in time, but really, how do we, how do we get better at this? And I, I will give you credit uh, that you said, hey, you guys have been answering to yourselves for the last, you know, 12 years. You might want to think about what it feels like to answer to someone else. So, so it, based on your advice, we got the advisory board kind of set. And interestingly, I think Hickey and I found a couple of things, um, you know, excluding the moderator of this, we found a lot of value in, in what that board was providing. I say that tongue in cheek yeah. because I, I know that. that I know that gave us the most value, <laughs> but uh, you know, we had great input that we yeah. were able to see that, wow, if we do these things, our business is going to be better. Right. So we were inspired to be in action around that. Uh, and I think on a selfish side, I think Hickey and I realized that we had no problem, you know, not being the, the man, if you will, in that case, right? When you're connected with smart people and they're giving you really good advice, uh, it's kind of hard not to listen and follow that advice. Kevin, do you want to add anything? I think it, it was a credit to the Alaron class we went to. I'm not sure we would have got to that point without uh, taking your course for presidents. And this is not necessarily just a plug for you, Ed. It's for real. Like, you know, sitting there and, and you know, kind of having those discussions, seeing the material that you presented, I think it helped to push us to the place where it was kind of like the next logical mm -hmm. step for us and made sense. Um, and for our audience, not not everybody may be familiar with Aileron is the the campus over in the north side of Dayton that Clay Matil created to uh, be able to help teach professional management to business owners and entrepreneurs so that they could install that professional management and as a result, um, run more successful businesses that employ more people, improve the quality of living and life for the communities in which those businesses operate. And uh, I'm, I'm fortunate to be on their faculty. So that's where, that's how I met these two, two wonderful gentlemen. I, uh, you know, I was really skeptical of your move to this. You know, I was, I, I told you guys, I don't, <laughs> I, I was really, I had not heard of anybody who'd had a good experience with private equity and uh, if, if they stayed on as owners. Um, and, and so tell the group about how you found your private equity buyers and, and how you tested them to see whether or not they'd be a good uh, compatible fit for you guys? Great question, Ed. Um, we were very fortunate in that some of our network of people that were in the environmental space that we had uh, worked with previously were private equity backed. So it's, right. it's somewhat new in the environmental space, but I would say over the last 10 years, we've seen a pretty large uptick in another number of companies that have that type of backing. So fortunate to get an introduction. 
uh, and our partners are JMH out of Boston, and it's a small firm. Um, what we quickly found is that we were very aligned in values. And, and when you can start with that, Kevin and I are good examples of when you have alignment and values, you could be pretty darn successful. Um, but as this is where we were probably our most engineering that we've ever been because it took us a year to work through this process together, right? So we- You, you guys were extremely thorough. I had great confidence as you were going through the process that you were not, if you were going to get surprised, it was not for lack of diligence on your part. I think you nailed it. Well, I will say this, Ed, like when we respect- people like you and you were kind of like, I, I've never seen this work out. Like we got to take that very, very seriously when we hear that type of feedback and that, and you weren't the only one that, right. that had that type of feedback for us. So we were, <laughs> you know, we were uh, very wary of the, yeah. of that. Yeah. So when did you know in your process guys that you went like, this is the right thing to do. Even and there had to be a point, well, you know, within that 12 month window where you guys looked at each other and said, we got to do this. Yeah. I would say, um, you know, we, we got together and once again, you, you helped facilitate a session for us where we actually did um, the Perth assessments, right? So we, we went through and did those financial assessments. For the audience, uh, Perth leadership, uh, Dr. Ted Prince has been a guest on on one of these podcasts, and it's about behavioral finance, behavioral economics, and where we test people for their bias for uh, how they make financial decisions. And most people want to believe they're rational, but they're not as rational as they'd like to think. And this identifies to what extent you, you know, what 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 drives your financial thinking. So go with that. Go ahead, Bill. Yeah, for me, there was a... <clears throat> there was one of those moments that you just know, and it was when we had each taken that assessment, right? Both the all four side of the team and, and the JMH principles. And yeah. when the founding principle of JMH um, exhibited vulnerability at its finest right there, like I, I just he all sure of a did. sudden looked and I said, this is somebody that I'm aligned with, right? That type of vulnerability yeah. in, a, in a time and space where he didn't need to be vulnerable. I was no. like, this is, this is my kind of person. And I would tell you that was a, probably a defining moment for me being comfortable with what you guys were doing as well. Not that you should care, but that that was where I was kind of going, okay, John really did open the kimono and just admit, you know, to some biases and weaknesses that he recognized that, you know, this this helped him be able to confirm that he had. And that was powerful. It was. I think it, yeah. it opened the door for all of us to really, you know, be vulnerable and be authentic. Yeah. And then interestingly, I'd say the next day, after we got through the financial side and, and, you know, made some jokes about ourselves and each other and, and really own that. Um, we then did a forward facing, if we were together, what would it look like? Yeah. So uh, I think we were very aligned in what the vision and the future of all four could look like. So you combine, yeah. you know, demonstrating, um, you know, some behaviors that are just core to what we're all about in conjunction with the shared vision going forward. And we looked at each other and said, this is, this is meant to be. The results that you've produced have been just tremendous in the two years. You guys have had a really good performance as a result of, of a number of things. How much of that do you attribute to your partners? How much of that do you attribute to, you know, just that you guys were on the right path already? I'm curious about did, how, how much synergy do you see from this relationship? It's a great question. I, I think there's a couple of layers to that for me. I, I think, uh, one of the recommendations they had right out of the gate was that we should bring on a CFO. And, and that was yeah. a role that I served in addition to 
the other hats that I wore. And quite frankly, if I'm going to look at that, I'm like, well, we can just save that money. I'm not sure that's money well spent. And I was dead right. wrong on that. Right. So to, to see the power of bringing in our CFO uh, and the impact that he's had on the business, the ability for Kevin and I to be looking into our respective areas of where we should be spending our time. I think that was, that was huge. Uh, that was very impactful, um, not only to us, but I think to other people within the organization. I think that felt, you know, very good to them. Well, the, the brain power went up around the table in a significant way, not because somebody didn't have brain power at the table. It was just the addition, right, of that caliber of person. Yep. I think that that was yeah. huge. And I think the second yeah. thing, and this goes back to really Kevin's philosophy of uh, expanding our leadership. And, and so creating that second layer of leadership, clearly declaring that being a second layer of leadership, inviting them into the process, getting those different opinions, yeah. those different ideas. I think uh, for me, those two things really helped us springboard from a growth perspective. Kevin, you I don't know if you do today. I don't think you do have by title a chief talent officer, but that's certainly part of your yeah. focus, is it not? Yes, um, both ways, both in looking for ways to develop our people that are here and also finding talent outside yeah. of our doors as well it, from a recruiting yeah. perspective. So, yeah, from the recruiting side of things, that's something that's always been in my world, if you will. Yeah. You know, back to your question, though, Ed, I think if I had to answer that grant, you know, like in a way that's like, you know, what percentage is, you know, from from that relationship versus what we got that would we have got to that same place on our own. You know, I think when you add it all up, I don't know that we would have had that level of success on our own. Uh, there were certain challenges and confidence also that was instilled in us that we may not have had otherwise. Yeah. So I really, uh, I credit, you know, Bill mentioned our CFO, Kevin Romito. He's been a huge addition to our team, but both, uh, you know, John and Tate from JMH, have lent a, a business perspective to us that I don't think we had otherwise. So, And I just won't shy away from the other heart of the matter too, is that um, it, it's a different cash position, right? Like there's, right. there's a different sense of confidence, freedom, <laughs> oh, yeah. et cetera, that goes along with that, especially when the vision and the combined purpose is to grow. It, that forces a different way of thinking. It really opened up any of the barriers that we had self-imposed. I uh, I don't want to say you went from playing without a net to playing with a net, but <laughs> there's a confidence when you don't have all your chips on the table all the time. And you don't realize it until you don't. That's exactly right. Yeah, you're just operating. And today, it's an entirely, think about what, what, what pressure you don't have today that you otherwise would have had um, we, if we you didn't have your partners. Yeah. We talked yeah. about it yesterday. We had, a, we had a quarterly stand-up meeting yesterday, and someone asked us about, um, you know, our equity partners' financial position and how that's all structured and if that, you know, puts us in yeah. a bad spot. And we're like, bad spot? <laughs> bad spot was where we were before. <laughs> yeah. You know, and yeah, we don't you, even really know it day to day. Yeah. Well, sometimes it's good not knowing what you don't know. But but today it's wonderful that you get to be in the spot you're in, guys. We're up against time crunch, so I gotta I gotta move on. Um, I knew I knew this was going to be the case, but we're going to have to have you back. I know the audience is going to want to hear more from you. 
Um, but we, we promise our audience that we want them to get at least one good idea that's been proven by someone else to help them run a more sustainable and scalable business. I'd like to hear from each of you. What, what, if you could give an owner or an executive one piece of advice that you, you would say, if you don't do anything else, you got to do this. I'll go first on this one, Ed. Um, expand your leadership team. Like, mindfully do that. And if you think, do it sooner than you think you need to do it. Okay. Lean into that. What feels like danger. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Bill. Um, the irony of this, right. I would say he's typically the granular guy and he went with an expand your leadership team a little more yeah. fluffy. Right. I'll go back to the granular mode, which is uh, I think the having the discipline to run your business well and to understand the business so that when there are positive and negative things that are happening, you're able to, analyze them. You know, Kevin alluded to it. We went back and looked at what worked for us and what didn't work in 2009 and how can we apply that now? You know, it's not a boilerplate, but knowing what some of those indicators were, uh, knowing what some of the things were that worked, knowing how our people reacted to certain messaging, um, it just puts us in a better position of confidence right now to move forward. Yeah, I, I, in moments of crisis, uh, which you are not yet in, the the economy is in there, and and so you've yet to feel it, and you'll feel it later. But one of the things I think it's important for leaders that, that, and listeners to think about right now is what you normally call winning is probably redefined. At, at least it will be at some point. And so one of the things that people in leadership roles have to remind themselves and say, so what does the win look like the next week, the next two weeks, the next 30 days, outside of just the normal financial or other results that we pay attention to? So um, th- that's that's one of the reasons why it's great to be able to reflect back and even have data and, and information that you can look back on and say, how did we define a win back in 2009 or 10? What did, what did that look like? And should that be a model for where we are now? Guys, it's a, it's an honor to call your friends. It's a, it's a, it's just always a pleasure to be in your company, whether it's face-to-face or uh, in real uh, real time or, or, or remotely as we are today. But thanks for being on the Ed Epley Experience, guys. Thank you for having us, Ed. Thanks, Ed. Yeah. Yeah. If folks want to reach you, what's the best way for them to get hold of, of you guys, Bill and, and Kevin? I'd say the best way for me is via email. So okay. my email is at khickey, H-I-C-K-E-Y, yeah. at all4inc.com. And, and it's, that's, a, it's A-L-L, yeah. the number four, yeah. I-N-C.com. Yeah, and Bill? I'll keep it in the same area then. Uh, email as well, W-Straub, S-T-R-A-U-B, uh, the at symbol, and then also all4inc.com. If you want more information from Ed Epley, best way to reach me is at the uh, website, theepleygroup.com. And you can get my book, Let's Be Clear, there, and uh, all of my blogs on the different topics regarding professional management and organizational health. With that, we're going to say so long for this episode of the Ed Epley Experience. Thank you for listening to the Ed Epley Experience. For more information on building a more sustainable, smarter, and healthier business, visit www.theepleygroup.com for resources, tips, and Ed's latest blogs. That's theepleygroup.com. Plus, take a free assessment at theepleygroup.com slash assessment to find out how you measure up as a highly skilled and accomplished manager and where to focus on improving your skills. 